Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Hello, episode 48 of the Severe MMA podcast is officially here. First and foremost, Sean, we hope everyone is having a very Merry Christmas, a Happy Hanukkah, a Crazy Kwanzaa. Are you, do you know how I'm going to finish this? No, go on. A tip-top tet and a solemn, dignified Ramadan. What episode of The Simpsons was that from? I have no idea. How do you not know that? I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a Simpsons... Um I wouldn't say connoisseur, but I'm not an expert in The Simpsons. Well, it was in the episode Grift of the Magi. I believe it's when Krusty is uh, reunited with his dad. Vaguely remember. Vaguely remember it, no? There you go. Turns out there's a Simpsons Wikipedia. All I had to do was have a crazy... All I had to do was put a... Have a crazy Kwanzaa into Google, and I was thrown that straight away. During college, I did economics... And we had to do um, an essay on an episode of The Simpsons and uh, Family Guy or something else. Family Guy is crap, though. Yeah. But I like Family no, Guy. No, and like literally, it's what, like, I did not get it at all. Not like, okay, there's some funny bits, but it's literally just repeated, like, hey, remember the time I did this? And then it yeah, goes it's, to it's a, a bit old. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Gonna be hated for the saying that, am I? We probably have a lot of Family Guy listeners. I think a lot of people used to like Family Guy before, but it's kind of gone, out, gone off. Like loads, of, I remember when I was in college, loads of people used to have the box sets and stuff. These love Family Guy. I don't really hear it anymore. It's because they learned how to torrent, and they were like, yeah. "Oh, did you hear this show called Family Guy?" I've been, I started watching Fargo. Have you seen that? No. Oh, the first episode is unbelievable. If you actually get hooked, I have. Um, I have one more Christmas confession, actually, from last week. Following up on last week's. Go on. I've never had Christmas pudding. Um, I'm not sure. I have maybe had once, but it's, it's just like normal, like, put like cake. You know. So it's, uh, well, I I was just tucking into some lemon drizzle cake, oh, yeah. homemade. Yeah, but the one thing I will, the only good thing about no, not the only good thing about Christmas, the best culinary dessert about Christmas is trifle. I I don't you do you like trifle with the fruit in it and stuff or just um, like plain trifle? I, I like it with orange in it. If I'm gonna have yeah. any sort of fruit in it, I'll have like do you know the baby oranges you used to get yeah. in your lunch? Mandarins. Yeah, little mandarins, little pieces of mandarin in there, and cherry, sherry yeah. trifle. I go for a bit of that. I wouldn't be the biggest trifle fan, though, to be honest. But I go for. I'm. Not, I just love my my uh, turkey and ham. Cause the best. Uh, uh, I'll have a turkey and ham for dinner. What do you want for dessert? Uh, more turkey and ham, please. More turkey and ham, yeah. No. You have to have the second dinner. Have you all your uh, Christmas presents bought and everything? Um, no, I bought. Uh, I bought one or two yesterday. You see, here's an idea. No, this is a brilliant idea. There's a very very strong chance that. Uh, the miss, that Mrs. Severe MMA won't listen to this podcast. Yeah. So we need to know what to get her for Christmas. Right. Charm bracelet is always the first thing to go. No. To. No? Why not? She has two jars in her room that she saves money with, right? Yeah. One for interrailing and one for a tattoo artist. Do you think I should get her two hours of a tattoo? Of the start of a tattoo? Uh, yeah, sure. That'd be good. Or just buy her. Oh, how much would that cost? How much is it? Yeah, well, you see, that's uh, that's the other issue. I don't know that. Yeah. So it'd be like uh, that. Another Simpsons reference. 
the grand of walking into the shop <laughs> or walking into the burlesque house, seeing oh, yeah. Bart there, yeah. and then just turning straight back out and leaving. <laughs> that would be me when I see the prices. Yeah, they're expensive enough. Like, you'd be talking three or four hundred euro. Probably. Oh, well, then, no, she's getting a bracelet. <laughs> in Targos. Uh, fuck that. Exactly. Um, I, no. I did all my shopping on Amazon. What'd you get? I, I can't say. Well, well, yeah, you can't say what Patrick got. Like. I, I, yeah. Um... What did I get my father? I got my father a Leeds hat. He supports Leeds. And I got him a couple more things. I got my uh, I got my niece. She, well, she actually got it herself. She's 11. And she made this calendar with like her dog and different people and stuff. She knew I could make them. On, like, Sean, you box. sound like a cyborg. Do I? How? No, you're back now. All right. It, it, it sounded like something out of... Well, not that I've ever seen one, but a Terminator film. Uh, it says my internet connection is low. It's back now. It should be okay. Excellent. Um... And I got my nephew a, a flying helicopter. I went to uh, I went to get my mom this thing the other day because she has uh, early onset arthritis now in her hands and her feet. And I was going to get her these. Uh, do you know those things that you put that old people put their feet into? Yeah, for your hands. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, for hands and feet. But it turns out that uh, I said it was like four hundred and fifty euro for a really good one in boots. So I was like, no, not a hope. And I said it to her and she was like, well, lucky you didn't get me that because the doctors have already told me that, that it's useless. So uh, that would have been a, an expensive mistake. But uh, I've only bought one present at the minute, my sister. I got her uh, this thing for her feet. It's a dog that you put your feet into Oh, for nice. when you're lying around and it has uh, a heat pack in it. So really, I bought it for myself and she may use it sometimes. <laughs> Nice. Before we get into the MMA side, do you want to hear about this Miss Universe thing I was telling you about it beforehand? Yes. Um, right, Miss Universe was on last night, I think, the final of it. And there was like Miss Philippines and Miss Columbia were the final two. And your man got up to announce the winner and he announced the winner as Miss Columbia. And she got celebrating, like, got celebrating all around the place, like, ho- holding up her hands with, like, her flowers and everything. And then he, like, comes back over. I- I've made a mistake. I've made a mistake. The first runner-up is Miss Columbia. Like, the winner is Miss Philippines. And uh, your one's, like, devastated. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're all, like, I don't know. Like, I was just watching there as I come off. They were all, like, pouting and everything. Like, what, what the fuck is happening? What? And, uh, like, I think it's a setup, to be honest. Like for like how many people have watched like who who have watched Miss Universe apart, I was there, that hadn't happened, like. apart from like oh wait you mean I thought you meant who would watch it in general yeah or do you but mean like, now people are going to look at it now online because it's gone viral and yeah, stuff exactly, like that like, and this has happened before the exact same thing in like Miss USA or something and I think that was genuine but this looks fake to me this looks set up was there any uh, any activities where they had to walk in and out of uh, cones Oh. <laughs> she's a lovely bottom that one that one they all have careful Ted you <laughs> might offend the girls <laughs> tell me this though did Ed I think there was something like that on in uh, in Vegas there was I thought Miss Universe was on in Vegas during UFC 194 oh maybe there was maybe a load of like a there was a load of models going around like there was loads of like people like representing teams and I don't know that was just PC that, that was Looking well going around PT like with his hair and makeup done and wearing <laughs> sashes that say Miss Ireland and Yeah. No, because I saw pictures of Miss Ireland with some people in Vegas. I don't know what it was. It's like yeah. it might have been on in Vegas, yeah. It's pretty much I would compare that, uh before we get on to the first fight, I would compare that to like there's a joke in Ireland that you're never more than five hundred square meters away from a world champion kickboxer. 
because there's like so many different th- like oh I'm a I'm a world champion kickboxer 57 kilo novice division point fighter no contact blah blah, blah wacko blah, blah 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 world champion and it's like maybe you're the I don't know the Derry Lee Derry Lee Lunchables Miss World champion maybe yeah. and the other one is the Texaco Fuel Garage Miss Universe <laughs> champion the Dunlop Miss World of the Year <laughs> the, the, the Eddie Eddie Irvine Invitational the Dunlop <laughs> World Championship oh anyway speaking of people that get spark Sean yeah bit of a bit of action at the weekend where do you want to start Diaz Overeem or the main event um do you want to start with uh Overeem and JDS yes first first things first what did you think of the stoppage I thought it was an unfair stoppage yeah. I, like from watching it um, instantly so he puts him down yeah. he lands one shot the other hits his neck and the other misses him yeah. and then Dan Mergliata calls the fight first of all Dan Mergliata called the fight from um, from behind from DeSantos as well so he couldn't see the finish he couldn't see his face if that makes sense he couldn't see how yeah. badly fucked he was because it's just playing out here in, in front of me, and the way that he, like those those were not hammer fists, those were not coffin nails. You know, they weren't fight ending shots. Yeah, I agree. Like <clears throat> he got knocked down with a very hard shot, great shot by Overeem, and his eyes didn't roll said, once. No, they, they didn't know his eyes were open the whole time. He knew where he was. Like <clears throat> he saw Overeem coming down, and he tried to move. He tried to get back up. That's like that's intelligent, intelligently defending yourself. Maybe he could have done something better, like. But he was trying. He was trying to get up. Like, there's no doubt about it. Um, someone said on Saturday night that Mordiata's um, and even then placement Sean, was very bad. Yeah, exactly. The first hammer fist didn't even land. The first hammer fist hit his uh, his forearms. Yeah. First hammer fist hit the forearms. Second one broke the guard. Dos Santos turned. Then third one hit him in the side of the neck. Fourth one could have even hit him in in the head clean. Mergliata didn't uh, didn't want anything about it. Yeah, but yeah, I think you're right. His placement yeah. was all over the place. Oh, even ha-ha. if they, even if they did hit him, he was still getting up. Like, <clears throat> you know, you can take shots. This is this is like getting punched and getting hit is is part of it. But I think he was definitely getting up. I think it was a very bad stoppage. Like, and you know, some people I said that in line Saturday, and some people were saying, "Oh, it was going only going to end one way." I I actually don't think so. No, like, I, I think he was getting up. I, I, like I think Overeem would have won the fight. <clears throat> he could have knocked him out again. Like, but <clears throat> I don't think it was for sure. Like, I don't think it was like Aldo. Like, uh, you know, he, Aldo was finished. <clears throat> he wasn't getting up. I don't think Overeem was like our JDS was like that. He was actually getting up. He wasn't out at any stage. He was obviously badly hurt. But that fight wasn't finished. Like, it, it definitely wasn't finished. If we're talking about that fight in general, it was when you're saying it w- was. Uh... What did you say? People on Twitter said you said it wasn't going to go any other way. Yeah, but after, after Overeem knocked him down, like you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest, that fight was just like watching, literally two people, two teenagers that don't want to have sex with each other because they're so scared of getting <laughs> each other pregnant. Because literally, I don't think there was more than three combinations thrown from either fighter. They're like. Both guys are battle-tested and maybe a little bit chinny at this stage. The other is hits hard enough to be able to finish them with one shot or drop them with one shot. 
neither guy wanted like that fight in theory three years ago would have been so much more entertaining than it was at the weekend yeah Both- I think Overeem I think Overeem was very smart though like he he didn't realise before well he probably did realise but he didn't fight in a way that protected his chin before and now he's at Jackson Winklejohn I think he is fighting in a way that protects his chin like you, you saw him on Saturday night all he was throwing was his straight left. He was fighting out of South Boston, throwing his straight left. He wasn't throwing any jabs because he knows Junior Dos Santos likes to counter the jabs. He, like, he barely threw one jab the whole fight. Um, Junior yeah. didn't. Like, Junior was just loading up his right hand, loading up, loading up. And you could see him getting more and more tints all the time. And, like, he never got an opportunity to or let it go. spinning wheel kicks. Yeah. like He should have thrown more, probably. But, as you say, that speed and wheel kick, like, it nearly connected. The fatal flaw in Junior Santos' Santos's game is his lack of being well-rounded. Like, Overeem was winning that fight because he was throwing leg kicks, he was throwing kicks to the body, he was landing that back kick. Like, all Junior Dos Santos has is he's boxing. When he can't lo- land those lovely combinations, that big overhand right or that, that uppercut, he has nothing. Like, he's no takedowns, no leg kicks. You, okay, the spinning back kick, he threw it once in the whole fight, and that's maybe the he only threw thing a head he's kick as well. Game. That, yeah, that's what I mean. That's been a head kick. That's the only thing he's added to his game over, over the last few years. And I think uh, I think Overeem's game plan was very good, and he he's improved uh, in his time with Jackson Winkledon. Yeah, but when you're talking about him throwing the straight left, to be honest, a lot of the straight lefts that he threw in that fight fell short. And had Dos Santos had been, I think, about himself a little bit more, or like maybe figured out his game plan a little sooner, he could have caught. Like there was a couple of times that Overeem lunged in, maybe two or three times looking for a straight left, and he missed completely. And the sort of thing that if the uh, Santos had had a counter off it, then like Overeem's chin was just completely exposed. And for a guy like him that's been hit so many times, or hit in the way that he's been hit so many times, I think he would have went. He would have taken a knee. Yeah, I think the thing about Over or uh, the Santos as well that <clears throat> he looked at me like a fella who had had his chin tested in, in camp or something. Because he used to have an iron chin before. We saw, like, those fights against Ken Velasquez, against Stipe. Like, he took an all-merciful amount of damage in them. <clears throat> Showed he had a great chin. But, but that chin doesn't last forever. Like, you know, those those beatings um, take their toll. And that's what I said before. That's why I picked over him to win. And you saw, like, the first big shot he really landed dropped him. You know, and... Junior Dos Santos is not the same fighter he he was before. I like I don't think you can expect him to be, but you know it's very indicative of what damage actually does for you. You see it with Chad Mendes as well, that war with with uh, Aldo and that heavy knockout against McGregor, and like he got knocked out with a punch to the nose against uh, Edgar. And I know Edgar landed one good straight right, but like Aldo landed way better shots than him than that. And it didn't even knock a star out of him. And Edgar knocked him out with it. Like, so. it's, definitely, uh, yeah. it's definitely a case of fighters fighting too soon again after maybe bad knockouts. Yeah, but, uh, um, Dos Santos took a year off, but I think it's just... Like your, well, um, the chin Mendes, doesn't recover from... Exactly. Yeah, uh, Mendes, Mendes definitely, didn't. Yeah, yeah, but Andrei Arlovsky, like I, th- I, was, I meant to say that when you said Overeem has now learned how to protect his chin while he's fighting. Again, pretty similar thing picked up at the same camp by Andrei Arlovsky seems like it's going to be the the camp now for battle-tested heavyweights to head on over to, to elongate their careers for a couple of more years yeah. yeah that's actually yeah that's a great point like Arlovsky the one fight he didn't do that against in was Brown and maybe he was lucky not to get knocked out and that he got injected in that again but he has been fighting very conservatively as well recently like if we didn't get a Brendan Schaub fight and well his last fight was kind of slow and monotonous as well um, but yeah like I think Overeem 
it's good to see Overeem fighting like this to show his actual skills because a lot of time people just put Overeem's, you know, his wins and stuff down to, you know, his his frame and he failed the drugs. Genetic best. capabilities, horse meat, you know, and stuff like that. But it's nice for him to show off his actual skills. Like, and it's nice to see, uh, like a a really good kickboxer like him and Mark Hunt when they show off their skills, they're they're on. Like, and it's um, it's nice to see it. Where do you think he goes next? Like, he's out of his. Uh, out of his deal. The, yeah, finishing the UFC. Do you think they'll re-sign him and he'll get a title shot or do you think he's going to go to the Bellator somewhere? I saw three fighters the other day and it was like Alistair Overeem, Ben Henderson and there's someone else, a decent Al- name. Yeah, Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling. It's like, who is the must-keep for that out of the UFC? Aljamain Sterling is going to uh, make his way back to the UFC eventually. He's pretty much said that himself, that he's going to go out and get that money and then come back as a ridiculously high-level, high-prospect or high-established bantamweight and come in and get real money. Ben Henderson, maybe not the most exciting fighter as he was back in his day. Um, that's making me that's making me seem like he's 35-year-old geriatric, but he's not. He just uh, seems to have lost his killer instinct his last couple of fights. I think Alistair Overeem genuinely is the one guy that the UFC are going to want to keep. I agree. That like w- he's, that he's will, a big name, yeah. yeah. that they'll go above and beyond to get if Alistair Overeem goes into free agency don't don't be surprised to see him fight Fedor Emelianenko next year somewhere in Japan and him win 265 pounds do you know what I mean there could be like <laughs> yeah. like any possibilities for Overeem um, going to Bellator or something like that I don't think would be a mass like over the money for Overeem would be doing kickboxing tournaments or kickboxing fights or like big big heavyweight fights somewhere in Asia and the Middle East, maybe one FC or something like that. I can't see him can't see him sticking in the States and going to Bellator if he does decide to leave the UFC. Aside from that, great for him to finish on a win, especially to knock out a former champion like uh, Junior DeSantos. I would expect the UFC to float a good offer his way. Yeah, I think he'll end up in the UFC, but I, I think he could go to Bellator. Scott Coker really likes him, you know, he had him at... Strikeforce. Like, there's... Yeah, just, just fights there with uh, Tito, like, like King Mo. Heavyweight Czech Tito Congo versus yeah. Alistair Overeem. Yeah. What would the world do? Like Rampage might even be back. That could be a fight there. Like There's, there's a few fights there. Phil Davis maybe even gone up the heavyweight. Like I could see a few fights there for him, but yeah, like, like hopefully he ends up at the UFC. What did he weigh in at, 238? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think it was, I don't know why 238 is in my head, but he was... Like relatively light compared to the same guy that uh, has weighed in a two sixty five in the UFC before. Um, would guys like Rampage and Tito be interested in going up, giving up so much weight to fight a guy like that? Surely uh, Rampage is over two hundred and thirty eight pounds at the minute. Probably, yeah. It's it's difficult to know. Where Wait, Rampage is Rampage? Is Ramp? What's the story with Rampage? Is he Rampage, having to honor his Bellator contract? I think so. Yeah, the UFC said they'd let him back to Bellator to fight out his contract if, like, they couldn't get it settled. And Rampage was kind of basically talking about doing that, maybe. But it's still in court. It's you know, it's up in the air. Like, it's it's sad what has happened to him. Really, like, the UFC didn't did him no favors by giving him a fight. You know, he should have probably had this battle, legal battle first, then tried to go to the UFC afterwards. Like so. Well, ongoing legal batting battle, uh, ongoing legal proceedings, just completely ruining everybody's fun in the UFC this weekend. Nick Diaz not allowed out to corner his brother Nate Octagon side in Florida 
First of all, that's complete bullshit. Um, but second, second of all, he was in the back. He had to watch the fight in the back. Um, he was able to be there with Nate throughout the week. Don't want to sound like I'm uh, pressing random buttons off the Joe Rogan cliche generator, but definitely the best that we have seen Nate Diaz look in the octagon in quite some time. And I think that Nick said something in a post-fight interview with Ariel that kind of took me by surprise that it's like, Nate has, like, he's been around for a long time, ultimate fighter winner, but you have to realise that he is younger than Nick, and he still is growing and learning as a fighter. Do you know that sort of way? It's like his early UFC fights, his early UFC career was, yeah, stocked and what? I'm going to slap you. Oh, no, I just got taken down and wrestled for three rounds, that sort of thing. But now it seems like a much more confident Nate Diaz. A much, like, although we didn't, we will talk about Michael Johnson's decision not to go for a takedown in the first 14 and a half minutes of the fight later on. But to me, Nate Diaz looked a lot calmer, a lot more confident. Definitely a lot cooler as well. Yeah, like the thing about Nate Diaz is, and I, as you said, like you kind of forget it, and I definitely do that. He's actually a very good mixed martial artist. And we, we spoke a while ago about how the Diaz brothers had kind of the game had kind of passed them by. And I think it has with Nick, definitely. But Nate, you know, Nate, not as much. Like the guys he's lost on the last few years, Dong Hyun Kim, Rory McDonald, Vincent Henderson, Josh Thompson, Rafael Desanos. Like, there's no mugs there. Like, he's beaten Jim Miller, um, Cerrone, Graham Maynard, and now Michael Johnson as well. Like, he's fought nothing but killers. And when Nate Diaz comes in, you know, in shape, wanting to actually win, I think, like... I don't think he'll ever be a champion in that division, but he's definitely he's definitely a top ten guy in that division. Um, like the, that Josh Thompson fight, he didn't really seem to care. It looked like he was going to be off the Bellator afterwards. The Dosanias fight, kind of similar thing. He even mentioned it himself that he didn't really, you know, he didn't really want that fight. He, I think he took it on like five or six weeks' notice. Didn't come in in his great shape, but this fight he came in in great shape. Like, and I think that maybe is a little bit to do with McGregor as well. Maybe the prospect of that fight in a, in a year or whatever. Um, and we'll talk about that later on. But Diaz, as I said, his shape looked very good coming into the fight. And he really took it away. You know, he took the fight away from Michael Johnson. He just, he went on the front foot early. He put, uh, like, he he put a fucking beating on Michael Johnson. Really, Like, the first round was kind of close. But I, I, like, I just barely edged it from Diaz, although I'd need to watch it again. I only watch it once. But he definitely won the second and third round. And <clears throat> Michael Johnson, his problem has been for a long time that output beats him. Like, uh, Neil Dariush, it was the same. Like, but people said that he was robbed in that fight. I don't think so. I think Dariush won, and he won on output. My, that's always going to be a problem with Michael Johnson. Like, in the, in the welterweight, or in the lightweight division, when you come up against guys, you know, like Donald Cerrone, Nate Diaz, Dos Anjos, all like pressure guys that love uh, output. You're you're like you're always gonna lose those fights, um, and you know it, it, I think he's a very good fighter, improving as well. But I think Diaz was just a bad matchup for him on the night, and because he came in, you know, with his body and head in the right place. Um, I see where you're coming from on the out point point of view, but I think this fight for him was different. I think that he actually wanted. I think he had the output. He had that in his head that he needed to be busier. But just not like either Diaz had his timing down and was landing. Like Johnson was very, very busy with his hands, with his footwork moving around and looking to attempt to get inside and start throwing strikes. But he just could not connect with his hands. Like Diaz just seemed to be too elusive. Diaz was tagging him back. 
Diaz was frustrating him, he was slapping him, he was like laughing at him, and that made him get annoyed and start throwing strikes at a like at a higher rate that were missing even further after that. I just think that it was an absolutely perfect game plan from Diaz. Diaz, like Joe Rogan mentioned it at the start of the first round, Diaz went very the Diaz brothers go very heavy on their lead leg and it has like any like decent sort of striker would be able to um, kick legs off them until the start uh, trying to check the kicks. I think Jake Shield said to him in between the first and second round, you need to start checking those kicks, and he did from there on out. But he was doing that. He was letting Michael Johnson land with the lead leg so he could just tag him in the head, tag him with hands. And I think that the fact that he was catching him so cleanly with strikes um, annoyed Michael Johnson, especially after the fact that Nate was rubbing it in every couple of seconds, every couple of times that he landed strikes. Yeah, Um I think the problem with Michael Johnson as well, like I said with with Junior Dos Santos, is he can't really change up his game. You know, he is what he is. You you talked about not putting, uh, not trying to wrestle. Yeah, can we? He's not, why he's did not he a not? Wrestler. But he's not why a didn't wrestler. he try it though? Like, but can you try? Like, you know, you're is McGregor going to go out and, yeah. and wrestle wrestle Chad Mendes if it's going badly? Like, no, that's that's just not going to happen. Like, is you know, people. Like who? Who else? I mean, I don't know. Um, Wanderby Thompson. Like if Wanderby Thompson is lose fights John Hendricks and is losing, is he gonna wrestle him? Or if he fights, you know, I don't think he just. He, I don't think he's the ability. Like Razor Madadi absolutely ruined him as a wrestler. Like dominated. I know that's a few years ago, but you know, I don't think he has the ability to take someone down and and uh, beat him on the ground. Especially Nate Diaz, who is not a bad defensive wrestler. Unless he's fighting someone very, very, uh, very, very good wrestler, and Michael Johnson definitely isn't that. It was uh, it was really weird because I saw the Nate Diaz interview with Ariel before I saw the fight, and Nate was talking about how fighting McGregor would mean a load of pr- like two ninjas going against each other, ninja <laughs> shit, American yeah. ninja, spider Korean. ninja, like whatever, all that stuff. I'm thinking like, what is Nate Diaz talking about? And then I watched his fight. And it's like his some of his stances, some of his style, his striking style, is just absolutely beautiful to watch. He will stand side on with his elbow raised. Do you know what I mean? As if he has a pair of nunchucks in his hand, and then counter off like from that default position. It's like that's his base fighting style. Some of the times in his fights, he will just randomly go back to that position. Aside from the fact that he was imitating uh, Jeff Glover half of the time, giving his back up in the middle of the fight, like he just. Like, what a show from Nate Diaz. Do you know what I mean? It would have been okay if he had went out there and just beat Michael Johnson over three rounds. Um, although I'm not too sure what the scorecards were. Uh, they were all 29-28, I think. 29, uh, so yeah, first yeah, round yeah. to Johnson. And then the other uh, second and third for Diaz. Even then, I thought there's a case for 30-27 across yeah. the board. It wouldn't have shocked me in any way. Um, but Diaz then added something to his game. He added the flair. He added the excitement. Uh, talking to Johnson. It's like... I don't know how fighters can f- keep repeatedly falling for the Diaz brothers' tricks. Do you know what I mean? I know it's a pretty uh, pretty easy thing to say from at 3.19 on the 21st of December in a cold computer room in Dundalk, County Loud. It's very easy to say, how'd you fall for those mind tricks? Do you know what I mean? How'd, yeah. you, get, how'd you let Nate Diaz get into your head like that? It's just so easy. Just ignore him. But you have to, like, some fighters really need to just block that out. He's obviously doing it for a reaction and a rise Stick to what you're good at and you could maybe win this fight. I Like Michael Johnson, when you say he's not a great wrestler, has a great double leg, has a good blast double, has that Jordan Burroughs-esque grap wrestling sort of... Well, I wouldn't go that far. Ah, look. He's like... I, I was going to say something there. I'll tell you off air. 
I, <laughs> I can guess. You know exactly what I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, I do, yeah. But it's like, why not? Like, he was, get, he was getting close enough. Like, whether his takedowns are good enough or not, he was getting close enough to be able to at least initiate a takedown. When he went for his first takedown, 14 and a half minutes into the fight, he got Nate halfway down. Do you know what I mean? He had him, had him scrambling. Do you know what I mean? And that was off a bad shot. Do you know what I mean? He was in a lot. He was within range so many times in that fight to shoot. Yeah, Do you and think he didn't. He might have been a bit worried about Nate's jiu-jitsu. <sighs> Maybe. I uh, like. Who knows? Nate and Nick Diaz. Both had very underrated uh, jiu-jitsu. If we talk about one thing, we talked about his last fight, maybe he wasn't interested or um, different stuff like that. As far as I know, having the Diaz brothers got rid, Caesar Gracie was their manager for uh, quite a yeah, while. I think he's still kind of hanging around with them. Oh, well, I think they have new managers in place. I think yeah. they both have a new manager. Um, corner at the weekend, Jake Shields and Eric Perez. No, like I'd say that they still are linked to Caesar Gracie, but... I don't know what's really going on there. Like, hopefully, what I would like to see, they have spoken about people not being around for their camps in the past. If Nate Diaz is going to make anything of a run at 155, and if Nick, when he comes back, is going to make anything of a run when he comes back, he needs that um, He needs that group of people around him again. Yeah, like, you, that's a great point, I think. Like before, he needs Shields, he needs Melendez. Yeah. And I think he probably has them because they're all suspended. <laughs> At the moment, and maybe that's why he has him. Like Nick is suspended. Jake, did Jake get suspended, or like he's he just fought anyway? Maybe he's injured, and Gilbert Menendez is suspended. So, uh, yeah, yeah, he has him all around him. Maybe, <laughs> maybe all these suspensions will will help Nate Diaz's uh, career over the next uh, year or so. Now, what about him after the fight? Absolute glorious, brilliant. Got like, me five hundred retweets. That was the best bit about. Couldn't it. have done it any better. Like, he is, he's dead right. He's like, all of these people were criticizing. If you look at it from, I don't know if he said this, but if you look at it from the, a fact point of view, every single fighter hated the way Conor McGregor, two fights into his UFC career, was mouthing or was being himself on camera. Look where he is now, and they are all begging. Like, yeah, that, that's what Nick, I said Nick Lentz there, yeah. fought on that card at the weekend. Nick Lentz was genuinely interviewed by people before about how much he wanted to fight Conor McGregor because he'd beat him and he's a show pony and he'd put him on his back with American wrestling. Nick Lentz would get finished. Like, the only way he would last longer than Aldo is if he ran for for longer than 13 (laughs) seconds. Like, genuinely, that was... It's hilarious that all of these people that have criticised Conor's talk in the past were pretty much begging, are begging to fight him now. And yeah, then Connor, think, yeah. Connor with the best ever response through social media, standing in front of a pimped out all white Escalade. If they want to fight me, make them get down on their hands and knees and beg. Yeah. Like, beautiful. It, it, it's actually, the, the way the tide has turned, it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, um, we'll get on to Artie Diaz fight in a moment and the rest of the callers, but Nate Diaz's call out was... The best. It was brilliant. Like, Diaz should get the fight. Just, well... No, yes, I'm all in it. I'd love to watch it. Like, I want to see this fight, but, like, it's an, it can't happen, really. Like, unless Diaz cut the 145 and gave him a title shot there, but he probably can't do that. Um, but, yeah, it was just brilliant. Like, Nate Diaz is... Like, there aren't many people 
who can do that. Like Chael Sonnen can get on the mic, call someone out, and you want to see the fight. Conor McGregor can get on the mic, call someone out, and you want to see the fight. Nate Diaz did it. Like Dos Anjos did it, and like, oh yeah, no, yeah, let's fight Nate Diaz or let's fight Frankie Edgar. Like it, the performance is good. We will get onto that, but like guys have come out. Like there was someone last week. I don't know. Do you remember Phil Davis that time he called out Anderson Silva and like yeah, oh, someone and called out in for, Brazil. Yeah, in Brazil. I, yeah. Man, I love you. I just beat Leo to Machida, but I want Anderson Silva. It's like yeah. what? But like Aljamain Sterling as well. Last week he like said something about Floyd Mayweather and like I was I was kind of arguing with this and people during the week. Well, not I just kind of made a point that. Aljamain Sterling doesn't have it. Like he's a very good fighter. He's charismatic and all. He's like he's a good character. But like, would you even? Would you? Do you know who he is? Like, would you be able to pick him out? Like, I don't even know Aljamain Sterling. Yeah, I don't even know him that much. Like, I know, like, like I know him. If I saw him, I know him. He's a good fighter. But gangster chain at a mile away. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Uh, what what did they got? The rope. The rope. rope. I I, I don't know. I think Aljamain Sterling. Like, look, I've been saying this for so long that I hope it actually does come true. Floyd May, the money team is going to get involved in mixed martial arts. Floyd Mayweather will probably set up a mixed martial arts promotion within the next 10 years. Aljamain Sterling is a perfect candidate for the money team. I just think, I just think, like, I know you say that he doesn't have it. It's like, I don't think people have it from the first fight. Do you know that sort of way? Like, I think you either have it or you don't have it, Lee. I, he definitely has the ability. Yeah, oh, he yeah, has the charisma. 100%. All it's going to take is a highlight. All it like the problem with Aljamain Sterling is that he has well. If you go from his last fight, he's like he was so much better. He could have finished him. He could have finished him a lot quicker. Do you know what I mean? Instead, it was like oh, I want to keep kicking his body. It's like running down the. It's like playing WWE SmackDown and keep kicking the stomach so he can just turn it red on the indicator in the top left corner before you do anything else. Do you know that sort of thing? I I agree. The it factor comes yeah. from exciting stoppages. Do you know? But what I, I mean? don't. They don't though. They come from like having something. Like Conor McGregor is Irish and he's boisterous and everyone loves him. Like Brock Lesnar was this mammoth human being. John Jones is the best fighter to have ever lived on the earth. John Anderson Cena Silva has hustle, loyalty, respect. <laughs> exactly. Like Anderson Silva was this ninja that was just killing people. Like Anderson Sterling does not have that. Like he's like. TJ Dillashaw doesn't have it either like Jose Aldo didn't have it even though he was a great great fighter and like uh, all these guys are great fighters but he, like I don't think Adjaman Zerning can ever be a draw and like he deserves more money and that's not what I'm saying like but uh, like uh, I hope they pay him more money because he could he could be a champion but I don't know if he's expecting to be get this push like Sage Norcott is getting or like Conor McGregor got or like Paige Van Zandt is getting like I don't think he's going to get well, that well he needs like, to get prettier He's pretty enough, in fairness, but I don't know. But anyway, we kind of got off topic there. I I just have one thing to read out to you that I saw on Facebook yesterday. What? This guy, uh, where is it? I posted it on his wall, but it's not. Okay, so a student spent five minutes in class comparing John Cena to Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, I saw that somewhere. Yeah. John Cena is alive. Jesus is dead. John Cena has 7.5 million followers on Twitter. Jesus had 12. <laughs> 15 world title reigns. 5 US title reigns. 4 tag title reigns. No title reigns. <laughs> Recorded his own entrance team. Didn't make his own entrance team. Recorded and released an album. Hasn't released any album. <laughs> Leader of the Cena Nation and the Chain Gang. A figurehead of a hypocritical religion. 
Granted over 500 wishes for sick children, hasn't granted any wishes even though people pray to him all the time. That's a pretty convincing argument. <laughs> yeah. Well, speak, speaking of champions people don't like, what did you think of uh, Rafael Dos Anjos? Uh, like, fair can... play to him. He, like, I don't want to go out and say, oh, this is, oh, I don't want to literally say this is the second coming of the 155 pound division, especially after making a joke about Jesus Christ. But I do think <laughs> uh, that there is going to be a tide turn. Like, if we call it the McGregor effect, call it the money effect. Uh, he wants to... To put some life into the 155 low numbers division. But Rafael Desanos fought like a man who knew his next fight could have been a big money fight if he made an impressive performance at the weekend. Don't want to uh, jump on the whole Donald Cerrone's a bottler thing. Uh, which I do. Well, I know you do. I think it is uh, definitely is an interesting fact. If we're talking about early stoppages from the other fight, I thought maybe like... First of all, Dominic Cruz was dead right. Do you know what I mean? I think having three, having a fighter in the boot for something like that in the main event, if Dominic Cruz hadn't have been there when uh, Dos Anjos landed the left kick to the body, Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg would have went, it's, oh! it's over, it's over, it's over, it's over, it's over. And then Joe Rogan looks silly. It's like when a submission's on and Joe Rogan's like, this is done. This is done. Fighter gets out of the submission. Um, <laughs> yeah. Dominic yeah. Cruz was able to identify that Cerrone wasn't actually like he was still in that fight. Do you know what I mean? It was a sore shot. It was a hurt shot, but he wasn't like on Queer Street. He wasn't out. The fight wasn't about to be finished. Yeah, I like, think it's an early stoppage. I think it was a little bit early, but Cerrone wasn't trying to get out. Like he, I don't think he was looking for a way back into the fight. To be honest, I think Junior Santos was. I don't think Cerrone was. Like, it's a pity for Cerrone because look at that, like, Miles Jury fight, Eddie Alvarez fight, even a Vincent Henderson fight. Like, he came through all those kind of close fights where he might have been losing early and, you know, he came through the win. You thought maybe his mental issues were kind of past him and that this was maybe his time, like, would have been a close fight. But I don't know. He just seemed to not turn up and he even said it himself that he didn't show up. Like, I really think he was just shot before that fight even started. He... Like, I don't think he was ever going to win that fight. I think he was always going to find a way to lose that fight. You know, some guys come in there and they find a way to win. John Jones, like Conor McGregor, loads of guys. They find, like, they find Anderson Silva especially. That's a mark of a champion. Like, Chael Sonnen beat him for four rounds and he submitted him. I don't think Conor Cerrone has that. Like, and, like, he didn't make any excuses about it. He, like, fair play to him. He came out and said, the better man beat me on the day. But I just don't. I Like, I four title fights now in the WC and the UFC he's lost. Like, I, I just think he can't get over it. Uh, but it was actually the knee that, that hurt him. He said it afterwards. There was a knee before the kick to the body that did the damage. And, like, <clears throat> Vitor Belfort spoke about it before, that when you get hit like that, the first thing you could do, should do is flop to your back. He did it against John Jones. Like, the Nogueira brothers used to do it a lot. Like, um, Don Cerrone kind of just... You know, you could see his head wasn't in it. Like when he got hit with that shot, he should have flopped his back, or like he should have pulled guard or something. But you know, that that was a mistake. But in fairness, you have to give it to Dosanios for pushing him. Do you mean when he pace, was uh, when he was in turtle, he should have pulled guard? No, before that. I mean, when he was standing. Yeah, when he got hit with the body shot, like it just took everything away from him. He could do nothing, and then he got kicked to the body as well after that. Um, like. Belfort says loads of fighters do it like you saw Belfort do it against John Jones just like flop to your back and wait like as you said Dominic Cruz 
brilliantly explained it like that you just have to ride out the storm you have to get through this and, and he you know, tried to back. ride it out by running to the other side of the cage while being yeah, tagged multiple times while doing yeah, it he did the wrong thing but fair play to Dasanias he didn't really like I said Cruz should have done that he like he had a millisecond to do it and he had, like by the time he didn't do it Dasanias was already on him like he was putting a beating on him and like he just kept attacking him and you know it, it's uh, it's a bit sad to see Cerrone go out like that <coughs> because um, because he's been on such a great run and stuff. But. Exactly, that's the one. That, can we just say another thing? Everybody wants it until they get it. After seeing that performance at the weekend, what would Donald Cerrone versus Conor McGregor look like? I am not saying this yeah. in a, in a bad way or in a I am on Conor McGregor's hype train sort of way. All of the fighters that have a lot of the fighters that have called out Conor McGregor would be finished by Conor McGregor in embarrassing fashion, and I don't mean that in a in a, in a negative way towards the fighter's ability. I mean, like, genuinely, Conor McGregor is an elite, world-class level mixed martial artist. Yeah. One of a Remember kind. Week, like, one of a kind. Us, yeah. Someone asked us, how badly would Cerrone mentally be broken by McGregor? And, like, imagine, it, like, the fight itself last night broke him. Imagine if he was in a mega fight with Conor McGregor. Like, with press like, tours, with hype, with media, with obligations. This title fight flew well, under the radar. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true, yeah. And Dosanios was able to wreck him on ability alone. What would yeah. Connor be able to do to him if Connor had him for six months in a build-up? Do you know what yeah. I mean? And taunting him and all of that stuff. Like, fair enough. I understand that Cerrone is a game fighter. He, unfortunately, like, if he wanted to be able to, I think, take any sort of control of that title fight at the weekend, he had to set the pace. Cerrone yeah. is the best type of Cerrone when he is able to dictate how the fight goes how often he gets to land his strikes how imposing he gets to be the fact that Dasanios is actually quite a big 155er also means that they're kind of go- he's like Cerrone is a big 155er I feel in terms of frame maybe not in terms of the amount that he has to cut but his size his, his height and his frame is good against the lower le- the, the smaller and lower end guys of 155 yeah. He didn't have that advantage over uh, Dos Anjos. He was able to land a strong kick uh, to the outside of Dos Anjos's right leg. But aside from that, nothing. Because Dos Anjos, after that kick had landed, Dos Anjos was able to fire straight back. We've seen guys get kicked by Cerrone and Wilt in the past. We've seen guys not want it more. We've seen guys, and then Cerrone continue to pour it on. What happens when you have no plan B? What happens when the guy is going to pour the, uh, the offense on you? It's like, do you honestly think you're going to be able to walk Conor McGregor down, kick the legs off, and be able to throw nice, exciting Muay Thai combinations? Not a hope. <laughs> it's just, like, gen- like, one final thing on the whole, like, McGregor is a world-class fighter and a world-class athlete. There are only certain fights, I think, in 145 and 155 that resemble a fight for Conor. And that may be a bit of a statement. I think Edgar's one of them. I do think Aldo is another one of them. If Aldo uh, maybe didn't come in to the fight as charged as he was. Um, at 155, you've got Khabib. You've got the higher-end 155 guys. I do think Nate Diaz would give Conor McGregor a good fight, to be honest. Uh, really? I, I, think in the, I think in the sense that Nate Diaz would be able to take... Like, Diaz has an iron chin. And maybe, mm. th- maybe that's the fight that the iron chin is found out in. But Nate Diaz would have no issue and would believe in himself to be able to walk Conor McGregor down, take his strikes and trade leather with him. I think McGregor would badly beat him for technique. Like, I think he's... I really think he's knocking on... Like the Stockton slap, Sean. 
Yeah, Connor hasn't on, got an answer to the Stockton slap. That's all you need. What did you think of that sign as call out? Um, I, I'm not going to lie, Sean. I turned the fight off before the call out. What, there wasn't what, much of a yeah, wasn't yeah, much was of a there even one because I didn't really see anything on like everyone was just talking about Diaz on Twitter. So wait, did Olivier not call McGregor out as well? Yeah, he called him out as well, but that's not what we're talking about. Like, what <laughs> but, yeah, wait, what Jim Ailers? Did Jim Ailers call him out? No, that was Ehlers, a double DQ, was it? Or the fight was no, no he poked him in the eye and called Miller um, quit. Didn't come back. Yeah, right. Um, so that how funny is that? Sorry, wait a minute. If we're talking about guys that say that they want to fight yeah. Conor McGregor, Cole Miller would have what? He needs to pass the jiu-jitsu test, man. Would Cole, Cole Miller, did he not say he'd make, he'd break Conor McGregor? Yeah, I remember... He'd I push was... him up against the cage and he'd fight dirty. Wait a minute, I, you talk there because I have the audio here. I was, in, uh, I was in listening to news talk in uh, fucking the Shannon Road Tesco in Limerick, listening to Cole Miller... <laughs> And when he was on Newslog that time and like listening back it's the most hilarious thing and like there are people beating bringing him picking him to beat McGregor the same people who picked Mendes the same people who picked Aldo the same people last Saturday night who said Conor McGregor's running from Rafael Dos Anjos if you think that you are a fucking idiot here we go Cole Miller calls out Conor McGregor after UFC in Manchester two years ago 30,000 views let's hear what he says myself this is my 15th fight in the UFC I'm over here looking at this guy I know a show pony when I see one okay Sean I know you can't hear it so I'm gonna tell you bit by bit this is my 15th fight in the UFC I know a show pony when I see one and that's what Colin, Connor Colin whatever is like that's what Colin whatever his name is <laughs> you know Colin McGregor Colin McGregor I know that's what Connor. he is. I yeah, know that's Connor what McGregor. he is. I see this. And then Niall McGrath <laughs> straight in calling out Cole Miller. It's Connor <laughs> in the middle of the video. I know that's what Connor. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, Connor McGregor. Like, I see this guy walking what around. What do you think? Wait, wait, wait. Flying what? to this place, flying, flying to that this. place. I'm like, and then he's calling out my teammates, talking crap about Nick Lentz, talking crap about Dustin Poirier. It's like those dudes will run through you. You just couldn't. You didn't. <laughs> a 21 year old kid. Oh, there's two. I'm going to have to send that to you to watch afterwards because it's too good. He starts talking about how Conor McGregor, how Nick Lentz and Dustin Poirier would run through Conor McGregor. How McGregor's been flown all of these places, how he doesn't deserve it. MMA fights, and you're talking about being a top 10 You couldn't finish in a 21-year-old kid? No kind of fighter, especially not one like me, so you can get out of here. Yeah, you haven't tested yourself against no kind of fighter, especially not a fighter like me. You can get out of here. Cole Miller. Going down and out, like that will probably follow him. I'm not saying to the grave by any means, but it's definitely a clip that should be out in the MMA universe more. Yeah. Who do you think so McGregor's going to fight next? Do you think it's going to be Rafael Los Do you think it's going to be Edgar? <coughs> Who? Nick Diaz or Nate Diaz? I think that it's going to be at 155. Whether the, like, John Cavanaugh doing that article for the 42 a while ago talking about how he, uh, what's next is going to be. 155 and we're going to leave the cut to 145 for a while to me that seems like a bit of a, a, a typical enough uh, a John Kavanaugh sort of way it's like I don't think that maybe the UF, who knows maybe it was decided on fight night maybe it was decided last night through emails do you know what I mean but John spoke about that before the 155 fight had happened and it was kind of like do you know when Connor has said stuff before when it's not actually happened like when yeah. he said that he was going to get 
the 100 million contract you know what I mean the nine figure contract I don't doubt it but I'd say it annoyed the UFC that he said that same way I think the UFC may be a little annoyed that John has come out and said yeah it's definitely not 145 next it's the 155 belt in April you know, I don't think if it was as set and as concrete and stone as that, John would have been allowed to release something like that without the UFC releasing it first. I think if Cerrone had won, it would have been Cerrone and McGregor. But Dos Anjos is just like the fight's going to draw because it's McGregor. Exactly. Like Diaz versus fight. McGregor is a bigger fight than McGregor versus Dos Anjos. Yeah. As I'd bad as like, that sounds. I'd say the UFC are really hoping that Pettis wins. You know, against uh, Alvarez, and they can give Pettis Dos Anjos again, and then have McGregor Pettis at UFC 200 or something like that. They turn them around quick. I don't think like, Connor like for Anthony Pettis has made a glass, so there's no hope that that's going to happen. Well, like maybe. Pettis will probably break both of his hands against Alvarez, um, and just uh, I, I think on that. Edgar is happening. I, I really think it's going to be McGregor and Edgar. I don't think there's. I don't think they're going to put him against Dos Anjos because nobody knows who Dos Anjos is and I think the Nate Diaz fight is just an angor altogether. Yeah, I like, don't get me wrong, I would say that the McGregor fight could make Dos Anjos' career in the sense that he would be known for the fight. I still think McGregor would win that fight, but like, is Conor big enough to carry someone like Dos Anjos into a title fight? He is. I, I, he is I'm not, like, I do think it's, but then again... If they're targeting it for April, McGregor versus Dos Anjos is not a bigger fight over John Jones versus Daniel Cormier too. And I don't know how Conor McGregor would feel about playing co-main event to something like that. Conor McGregor versus Frankie Edgar, Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo too, all arguably could take a higher billing. But New York's New York Madison Square Garden, John Jones and Daniel Cormier seems that that has to be the main event written all yeah. over it. I don't think they'll put. I don't think they'll put the two of them on the on the, on the same, same card. card. If it's big in New John York, Jones maybe. in New York City, though, like that's that'd be like yeah. putting John Jones ahead of Conor McGregor in uh, in Ireland. Yeah, do you know? Right. But Conor gets what Conor wants. It seems at the minute. Speaking about Conor McGregor in Ireland. Oh no! Sports. Sorry, what are we talking what? about? Sure, he's fighting what? in Crow Park. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. What did you think of Michael Conlon winning the Sports Personality of the Year award and Conor McGregor not winning it? Here is a story for you, right? Go on. I was leaving work uh, the other night. I went in. There's a, we, like, it was a really late night. There's a little shop near work that opens at 6. So if you're out after 6, you don't have to drive up to Topaz. You can just walk into that shop and then drive home, which is a blessing in disguise. Um, I was wearing my Team Torres hoodie to notice the martial arts to started talking about McGregor and then they were going on about how mixed martial arts is not a real sport oh, yeah. how Conor McGregor is an embarrassment how he's bringing thugs into MMA and martial arts and they're from martial art background and it's a disgrace and stuff like that so I ended up having about a 20 minute conversation with them about obviously why they were wrong but then uh, your woman told me that Conlon won sure how come he didn't win the Sports Personality of the Year award? And I said, because he wouldn't fucking show up to it. RTE, I think, would love nothing more than to parade him as the Athlete of the Year. But he does, like, don't get me wrong, he's put documentaries on RTE, but go back again to Paul Dollery's quote about Conor McGregor leading up to the Ivan Bushinger fight. No one is interested in us. No one will do any media for us. Why is no one covering us? And Connor goes back to his fuck them. We'll see back, who. 
apart from severe MMA apart like you know what I mean Connor's quote know, yeah, Connor's yeah. quote in that article with Paul was something along the lines of we'll see in a few years like I will remember who was here for me do you know what I mean I'll, I'll talk to them I'll be there for them I will not be there for the people that were fucking me off a couple of years ago and wanted nothing to do with me yeah is that RTE I don't know but the thing like it's politics like it's it's bullshit politics I, I believe there's like um, oh thank of, god it's the journalists that yeah, vote on the award or exactly that thug McGregor would be given the like this this is not a debate like Michael Conlon fair play to him he won the world championships in amateur boxing like it's not the like amateur boxing is great but it's not professional boxing and it's not even the pinnacle of amateur boxing. Like, if he'd won the Olympics, like, I'd see a debate and I'd still probably think McGregor should win it. But, like, okay, he was the first Irishman to win the World Championships. It's still, it's not as good as the Olympics. Like, Katie Taylor's won the Olympics, Michael Crude. Like, I'm, I'm not taking, like, it might seem like I'm taking away from what he's done, but I'm not. Like, it's not a debate. Like, the Conor McGregor's achievement was just so much better than his, like, just... Unbelievably better than he's like. If he went on to win a, 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 like a professional world title, fair enough, like he'd deserve it then. Or if he won the Olympics, it'd be very close. But uh, like a world championship against a UFC title against the pound for pound number one fighter in the world, and like the worst thing and is cer- and people, two other fights earlier on in the year. Yeah, he lost a couple of fights. Yeah. No, I mean Connor. Yeah, well, yeah, Connor won two other fights, and Connor lost fights. He lost tournaments during the year. But like certain people coming out saying. Um, Oh, you know, this this was very close. You know, the both men deserved it, and you know, like, don't be getting off your high horse. Like Conor McGregor doesn't really care. Yeah, that's bullshit. This is about what, like, this is as you said, he didn't win it because he didn't show up, and because did you have a group of idiots like ninety-year-old guys fucking who, who love <laughs> boxing, chairs, love yeah, GA, yeah. like, and oh, this fucking barbaric shit. What, what's going on here? Like, can you? It's add? just bullshit. It should have been put to the public, like it should have been put to the public, and the right person would have won it. Like there, it's incomprehensibly different. Like Michael Conlon is a great, a very good athlete and stuff, you know. But Conor McGregor is just a world class athlete, best in the world. Michael Conlon is an amateur boxer who's the best in the world. Best in the world. I think it's. Uh, I think it's mad. Well, speaking of mad, Sean, um, if you want to go to the you mad bro meme. How pissed off is Dominic Cruz that he got to call 66 seconds of, <laughs> of his first fight on UFC television? Yeah. Like, and just as a side point to that, I do think Joe Rogan and Mike Goldberg's game was a little bit tighter than usual at the weekend. Whether it was that they were on Fox, whether that it's Fox is a bigger thing, or whether that it's someone like Dominic Cruz was coming into the booth for the main event. Maybe I was m- imagining it. No, I th- I think you're probably right. Like he did the first three fights as well with him, and then he went off, and then he came back for the for the main event. Obviously, didn't last too long, but I think he, I'm not a big fan of three people in the booth in general because I think they talk over each other. They definitely did that in the first three fights. Like you, you have Mike Goldberg kind of thrown to Dominic, and you have him thrown to Rogan, and then Rogan can't really say much because he's letting Dominic speak. And I don't think it really works. What I think does work is. Like an Eddie Bravo used to be before, or like Howard Letterman does for the boxing on on uh, HBO. I think it is that like you've one guy that 
isn't there during the during the round. Then he comes in and says, "Who won the round?" You know, he gives his score. Like this is why he won the round, and uh, like because he's like sitting away and watching it, you know, by himself, and he's not commentating during. I think that's good. <clears throat> but Treeman in general, I think, isn't good. But I think Dominic Cruz is very, very good. I think he has a talent for it. He did a bit of um. I think it was Shooter Brazil or one of the Russian ones. I, mean, I think it was Shooter Brazil on Fight Pass. And I, I watched that and it was very, very good as well. I think they're looking for options. Like Joe Rogan, is, his contract is up. I think he'll re-sign, to be honest. But I think they need another guy as well. Um, you know, Brian, Brian San is really good. He'd probably be the one to replace Rogan if Rogan went. Uh, I think with Cruz as well, I think there was a little bit of... They wanted to promote his fight. But I think if um, they need the third guy... Along with you know in in America, I know Dan Hardy does it in England, but I need a tour guy in America. Kenny Florian was that guy for a while, but I think you know I don't think that experiment worked. I don't think Kenny has a talent for that. The co-commentary, I think he's he's good behind the desk and stuff, and you know he he could be a presenter one day. Like I think he'd be better than like the John Anik presenting role or like on UFC tonight. He's good and stuff, but he's not the best analyst in the world. He's not the you know he's not a co-commentator. Um, but what do you think? What are your favorites? commentators who do you think like if if Rogan did leave who do you think should replace him on that when you're just one final thing on Dominic Cruz there was a video going around a while ago of him being uh, him giving a bit of an insight into the Aldo and McGregor oh it was brilliant fight and it was absolutely brilliant and I think his that sort of <clears throat> I do think it could like I would like to see Dominic Cruz come in and out in the sort of role that he did at the weekend but I think it would get fairly insufferable pretty quickly in terms of the way Joe Rogan would go on about maybe the 10th planet uh, or like some sort of like certain jiu-jitsu things I think Dominic Cruz would have a tendency to kind of talk down to people in the way of his analysis um, at least that's the vibe I got from his uh, the bit talking about Connor is like no one's talking about this no one's talking about what happens when an inside leg kick comes against a southpaw I think that's good though I do I think, think it's good but yeah. I do think it could get tiring fairly quick I think his his shtick his narrative would be very similar um, Rogan has the tendency to absolutely go nuts and freak out mm. at something that's happened. Mike Rogan, uh, Mike Goldberg has a tendency to not make any sense at all, and that's kind of what you love about them. If Dominic, Dominic Cruz would be so polished, he would constantly make sense. And I think yeah. you want a bit of chaos, a bit of madness in there. Um, yeah, I, I, I actually agree with you. Yeah. Mike, is it Michael Chiavello? Did he get signed by the UFC? No, he didn't. Or uh, Mauro Ranello? He got signed by WWE. What did I say, the UFC? Yeah, I meant the WWE. Sorry, I saw. Yeah. I remember when he put that thing up. We spoke about it. Dreams do come true. And we were thinking maybe it's something. Maybe the UFC have come in from. But then I found out it was the WWE. So uh, fair play to him. That is going to be brilliant. If we're talking about favorite commentary teams, um, I don't know. I do think John Gooden is underutilized by the UFC completely. Definitely. And it's like from a guy who went from calling thirteen to fourteen fights a year with Cage Warriors to call in three or four EMEA shows a year is absolutely disgraceful, especially for guys that is as good as John Gooden is. Um, I understand there's the Rogan and Goldie, they're the A team, then you've got B and C teams, and then you've got Gooden and Hardy for EMEA, but I do think those guys should be given a better chance maybe in the American market. Yeah, I think Gooden is very good. I think he's improved. I like Hardy, but... I like Hardy, but like he's there because great, he's a fighter. Do you know yeah. what I mean? If I need a fighter in the boot, like Dominic Cruz and John Gooden together, I think would be a very, very good pa- uh, partnership. Dan Hardy has, is like, he's fought, but he doesn't have the same sort of, I don't think, technical insight to something like a fighter like Dominic Cruz would have. Do you yeah, know I what agree. I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think he is good, though, but 
Uh, but as you said there, like they're only doing it four or five times a year. I don't think he has the time to improve. Like, yeah, or to get you know. good, or to get nice and flowy. Yeah, nice and flowy. Keep a flowy art them. But um, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like I think I still like Golden, Goldie and Rogan. Like they have their flaws, okay. And Rogan doesn't doesn't do any like work before the fight he doesn't know who half these guys are and like you could see like Dominic Cruz made kind of a show of him in the first three fights Rogan have a clue who they are and Dominic Cruz is talking about like throwing how they throw a jab and how they throw inside leg kicks and stuff and Rogan had never heard of him couldn't even pronounce their names and like that's a bit embarrassing Rogan needs yeah, that's Rogan very needs similar to us Sean well you speak for yourself now come on what no I mean <laughs> you are Dominic Cruz I am Joe Rogan <laughs> okay okay fair enough yeah that that's appropriate um, we just started calling it the Rogan and, and uh, the Rogan and Cruz podcast. We get loads of people listening. Like, who, what? Who, yeah, who are these guys? They're not but, Joe uh, Rogan or Cruz. No, I meant I think, in styles. In styles. <laughs> yeah, but I think look, look at this. Is brilliant. The, as well. the difference in an early UFC card on a Saturday night that I was able to watch as soon as I got home. Do you know that yeah. sort of thing? A fight brilliant. that fights that I actually saw. Brilliant. A beautiful, yes. a beautiful occurrence. Many more to come in to tell. Like, start as you mean to go on, Sean. You know, why wait till January for your resolutions? There's the inspirational quote of the show already. In does in does you mean to go on? You mean okay? Um, oh, fuck just, you. Just a la- <laughs> just the last thing. But I mean, in the year, uh, just the last thing before we get, we talk a little bit about UFC 195, um, but because that'll be our last podcast before it. Oh um, well, then if uh, I know. We're, in case you've spoiler alert, spoiler. we're not doing a podcast next week. Yeah. Uh, is the fight on January second? Uh, yeah. So we'll have one the, uh, the Tuesday Wednesday after that. Okay. Well, if you are on Christmas cheer, we may—I don't know—we might have to do something before then. We'll talk about it because we'll Christmas we'll is merry, and I am working flat out as well. So yeah. there'll be no podcast next week. Okay. <laughs> Just this. Uh, a couple of minutes on these new weight classes. Um, Mark Romandi wrote an article over in MMA Fighting about it. Um, the, I believe it's the California Led Commission brought this proposal forward and they're going to try to institute new weight classes. So it's going to be the 115 straw weight as we, we have it now, 125 as we have it. It's not in the UFC, but we have it 135, 145, 155, and then 165, 170 is gone, and then 175, 185. Then 195, 205, 225, 265 heavyweight, and then a super heavyweight as well. What? Yeah. So, um, I, like, I don't mind the 165, 175. No, I, even, like, I yeah. like that because I do think there is a gap. Like, and it was, um, <clears throat> sorry for uh, cutting across, like, sorry for people thinking this, but, like, Peter Peter Queeley put something up on his Facebook the other day that he would love a 74 kilo division, which is between 77, which is uh, 170, and 70, which is 155. Yeah. A, light, a light welterweight division, that's what's needed. Like. Oh, without a doubt. And there is definitely room for it. There, yeah. Like Even in the UFC, you could have a light welterweight champion and the division would be full of guys. Maybe, maybe not guys that are jumping between weight classes, but guys that would definitely feel more at home staying at 74, ki- 74 kilos. Yeah, I did. Um, I did like this uh, this bracket thing before. Hold on, let me just see if I can find it. Um, of like a light welterweight bracket. That, while that could actually while you happen. while you look for it, um, I'll just I'll throw some thoughts out there on it. I definitely think that the difference between a fully rehydrated lightweight and a fully rehydrated hydrated welterweight 
shows that there is a need for a division in between the two of those things. You've got guys at 155 that are probably coming in closer to 170 on fight night, and you have guys at 170 that are coming in over maybe 185 on fight night. Do you know what I mean? Like, Carl Pendred and Cage Warriors went from 77 kilos, which would have been his weighing, um, weighing weight, to 93 kilos the day of the fight. Because I can remember John Kavanagh posted a picture of Cahill's feet on the scales. It said 93 kilos. He put on almost 20 kilos. Um, he put on 60, 13, 13 or 14 kilos in between weighing and fight. Like, that is absolutely crazy. Do you know what I mean? There are, there need, and especially for, um, I don't want to say the safety of these guys. Obviously, we talk about stuff when um, Vitor Belfort fought John Jones on steroids, and that is a criminal offence because you are literally hurting someone. Maybe on a lower end of the scale, on a lower end of the spectrum, you sign on to fight a guy at 155 pounds and you come in at 170 or heavier than that and you're hitting him, you're heavier than him, you hit harder. Like there's, That is a case there as well, to be honest. I don't, I don't like seeing massive mismatches of size at guys that are supposed to be fighting at a scheduled weight at the same class. Yeah, the problem is nearly everyone is doing it and the guys not doing it are like they're having this advantage. They're fr- kind of like- or they're freak exceptions. Yeah. Or they're Gunnar Nelson or they're Frankie Edgar. Yeah, but look at Gunnar Nelson against Damian Maia. Like, but Damian that wasn't Maia, a size he, thing, he was that out, was a skill was thing. thing. No, he, he was, no, I know was, it was a skill thing, but he was way outsized as well. He, de- he was hugely but outsized. But Gunnar actually had to cut for, like, if you Like, Gunnar actually, as Connor said, this was Gunnar's first time actually cutting for a fight. So Gunnar has put on the size as well. Yeah, but he's but put I'm, on the size. There's one thing putting on muscle and there's another thing putting on like height and fucking length, you know. Well, I d- physically, I don't think you can. Yeah, <laughs> I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like, or you could... Uh, do you want to hear my, uh, my eight-man light welterweight tournament? You could tie ropes to Gunnar Nelson's legs and arms and drive there two cars away from each other. Make them bigger, yeah. Oh, here, here's the eight-man tournament, okay? If you made a light welterweight division. Vincent Henderson, Jorge Masvidal, Yes. Gunny Nelson. Yes. Cowboy Cerrone. Yes. Eric Silva. Bottler. Tiago Alves. Bottler. Nate Diaz. Yes. Paul Felder. Yes. There you go. There's your light welterweight division. Eight men straight up. Have a Tiago Alves would probably rule supreme at light welterweight if it had come in five years ago. Like that man has been crying out for a division like that. Could never make 155. Too small for 170. But also killed himself to make one seventy in the sense that he like just wasn't. Yeah. He was he was fat enough <laughs> to kill himself to make one seventy, but he wasn't tall enough to be an imposing one seventy fighter. I think the biggest issue with this though is the heavier divisions. Like there is no room. There is no room for a cruiserweight division. It's stupid. Like and the people who are calling for this are ridiculous. Look, look, Karen Moore like light heavyweight. He can't get a fight. Like how long did it take him to get the bear Jew? Like. He couldn't get a fight for like I know he was injured and stuff, but like all these guys can't get fights. Well, even he the fought, Bear himself. Uh, fought last week and won. Yeah, but like even the Bear Jew himself. Remember, he was talking to was it Steve afterwards? Yeah, and he was saying he found it hard to get fights. These Why was he talking fights. to Steve afterwards, Sean? Because you, you're because I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but like it's it's ridiculous. There's no room for 195 division either between 185 and 205. Like in theory. These divisions are great because we, we don't want weight cutting. We don't want such big gaps between divisions. But there simply is not the talent there. Exactly. They're useless. In, They're pointless having them. No, I think you kind of touched on it there. In theory, it's brilliant for regional lower level MMA. Let it happen. No, either. let it happen because who cares? At the UFC, have more diverse weight classes. And maybe I can see if the UFC had anything. I could see maybe the UFC adding four weight classes before being finished with adding weight classes. 125 pound women 
115 pound men, um, 235 like a cruiserweight division, and the light welterweight division that you spoke of there. And that is only if there is a sufficient amount of talent to make a yeah. UFC division sustainable. But by all means, like let guys fight at whatever weight they want outside of the UFC at low, like for no money. Yeah, let them let. Joe McColgan fight uh, Thomas Hogan at catchweights. Do you know what I mean? Let California introduce a 195-pound division. If it mean, means guys are going to be safer, then fair enough at the UFC, they'll have to make a choice whether they're going to go up or down. Yeah, see, that's the problem. Sean Shelby's and our Joe Silva's not going to sign someone who's fighting at 195 to come in and fight 185. They don't know if they can make a weight. Like. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Like, you remember, it was kind of, was that a team with Reds or as well? Like, they wanted him to fight 145, but, you know, he no, well, he, he was he was brought, he was offered at 145 and then wasn't allowed to go up to 155 because he was brought in at 155. The reason the UFC couldn't sign Conor McGregor is because it was around the time that Dana White was giving contracts to every Tom, Dick and Harry on, on, on tough. Do you know what I mean? The UFC were interested in Conor before they signed him. Sean Shelby's like, what are you doing? Why did you just give a four and two guy a contract that we have to give him fights before we can cut him? Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, a small bit about UFC 195 because we might we might have another one before we'll see and we'll talk about it afterwards anyway. But Robbie Lawler versus Carlos Connor, we might as well get to the top straight away. How exciting! How excited are you? I'm excited. Or do you think it's a fight that could like? I think the Lawler and McDonald fight had every possibility of being an absolute war. I think Carlos Condit is not the natural-born killer that he was and may throw caution into the wind having seen how Robbie Lawler has fought his last couple of fights. Don't be surprised to see Condit revert to a Nick Diaz-style game plan for this fight against Robbie Lawler. Yeah, it's difficult to know how Car- Car- Carlos 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 Condit is going to fight because he usually doesn't do a Nick Diaz type of game plan, but he did not fight. Now he can do that, so we could see that against Slaughter. But it, it's hard to know how to fight against Slaughter because he's such a good fighter. Ever like he can fight you off the back foot, but he, he like he fights you in the pocket. He like he hand fights you, like throws big volume, gets inside and throws at you. And, I don't think Robbie Lawler is the best fighter in the world at welterweight, but he wins and he wins the fights all the time. He's the he's the best winner, I think. Like Rory McDonald, I think is a better fighter than Robbie Lawler, but he got beat by him twice, and he it's because he like it's experience, guile, everything. He just puts everything into it, and I think Carlos Condit might be able like might be able to match him for that. It's it's difficult to say. Like I always tend to pick against Robbie Lawler, but. I don't know. I just have a feeling this might be the one. I, I have a feeling Carlos Condit is going to win. Saying that, Carlos Condit's only one fight back against Thiago Alves. And he was good in that, but he didn't blow my socks away. Like, um, so you'd never know. But I know, I, I'm, I, looking, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I agree with you. And to be honest, it is a miracle this fight has not, uh, has not fallen off the card. Do you know what I mean? Because there was rumours that Lawler was injured. This is a yeah. UFC 151 situation where you're looking at cancelling a pay-per-view because the card underneath it is that weak. Do you know what I mean? Diego Brandau opening up the main card. Uh, Stipe and Andrei Arlovsky as a co-main event. Kelvin Gastelum and Kyle Noak as the third fight from the top. That's not uh, a card that is going to be... Uh, like. I think Lawler... Genuinely, I think Lawler will do very good if he continues to be the champion. I think he will do... A pretty good pay-per-view numbers and I think it's because the fact that people are going to watch a Robbie Lawler fight like genuine I think he is the one champion in the UFC that people will be like oh Robbie Lawler's fighting will we get that fight 
Do you know that sort of way? Because it's going to be yeah. that uh, that exciting, that action-packed. But I agree with you in the sense that Carlos Condit, for me, has been the uncrowned king of this division for quite a while. I think he's had a horrible, horrible time with injuries, with recovery, all of that sort of stuff. I thought the St. Pierre fight could have gone to him. I don't think it was a, a clear... He almost um, knocked him out anyway, yeah. Exactly. Well, no, sorry. I'm thinking of uh, my my wires are crossed here. Was that fight competitive or what? did Condit just did Condit just hurt him with that? Like he, the he head just kick? hurt him with that, but he might have won a round or two, I think. Like uh, GSP definitely won it. Uh, yeah. Was but that was that the fight everyone was saying GSP won two and five? No, that, that, that was, was Diaz. Um, no, no, that was uh Hendrix. Hendrix won was one, two, and five. For some so, reason, yeah. I had in my head that Condit, Condit really put it up to him. I did, I, like, I did think Condit was going to beat Saint Pierre for that fight. And to be honest, I do think if George Saint Pierre hadn't ever been alive, Carlos Condit probably could have been the champion in that division for quite a while. I don't, I don't think I don't rate him as highly as that, but maybe. Well, he beat Johnny Hendrix. That's you the fight yeah, I'm thinking of. Sorry about definitely. that. When I'm thinking of uh, close fights, stuff like that. He beat Johnny Hendricks in that fight, and if that fight had gone into a fourth round, Hendricks was getting finished. Yeah, like that's one of those fights that the judges are terrible and they don't know what they're doing. Like he won that fight from the bottom, definitely. Like Johnny Hendricks took him down; he did nothing on the ground. Johnny Hendricks took him down like fifteen times in that fight, and he couldn't keep him down. And like when he did hold him down, Carlos kind of beat him up from the bottom. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, I like that Steve Arlovski fight. It could. It, like we spoke about Arlovski earlier, could be a stinker, but I think yeah, Steve will do enough. Gaslam, no, I've no idea why Noak is fighting Gaslam. Gaslam has kind of gone off the rails a little bit, uh, but it's nice to see Michael McDonald back as well. He's fighting Massimori Kenihara. That is, I wonder if his uh, his pay issue with the UFC has been resolved. Did he have a pay issue? I didn't hear that. Yeah, no, I pretty a while ago he said that. Yeah, he didn't really want to be fight. Like that's why he took so much time off because he didn't want to fight for the money that he was being offered by the UFC. Like, yeah. like he so. genuinely, uh, he was pissed off. Like he fought Uriah Faber, and he was beasting through these guys at one thirty-five, and he wasn't getting paid anything for it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, then them really. The uh, here it is. Here, low pay caused UFC's Michael McDonald to lose his passion for MMA. Um, Fair enough. I can understand that. He seems yeah. to be a, a pretty handy handy tradesman himself, a craftsman. Bit of a craftsman. Yeah, he's always making shit in his garage, like a genius with his hands. Is he a what? That's my, a genius. My father. That's what my father always says. Like a genius, but he like. There's a friend of his that works on like machines, like JCBs and stuff, and he's like a mechanic, and he goes, "Oh, geez, that man is a pure genius." If he saw someone as like a fucking, you know, a, a professor or something, a fucking medical professor, he wouldn't he wouldn't call him a genius at all. But, but if it's, uh, like, yeah. you can fix a fucking, you can fix a tractor. That man's a pure genius. There you but, go. But he um just before we get on to one more fight on that card, the yeah. quote was he said it to Brad Okamoto, who by the way I finally got to meet in person last week Your in twin. Vegas. My twin. I forgot to take the picture for you. And oh. what was funniest was the shirt that he wore on the. Uh, McFoley was it? on the what press it? conference. It was a blue and blue and something checkered number, oh, and I had my blue and uh, blue and blue checkered number on me upstairs, and I took it off, and I was like, "Thank oh, fuck, we weren't wearing the same shirt." And he said, "Look, we would have looked <laughs> even better." That's what he <laughs> yeah, said. And um, McDonald said, "I think things started to get complicated after the Miguel Torres fight, 
money was something he never wanted to focus on but when he looked around and saw the people who he was beating making a lot more than he he started to feel angry and resentful I knocked out tires and barely made anything that's when the frustration started and it makes you not enjoy your job you feel underappreciated and cheated you don't want to go out and fight the best fighters in the world then go home and wonder if you can pay your bills you start to say something's not right and I am angry fair play to him for coming out and saying that and then he started like um it wasn't as he said it wasn't as like plain and simple as I'm not fighting that guy I'm not looking for easy fights uh, one thing is that you're talking to a businessman you ask for something reasonable they'll be like okay let's work something out if the UFC wants him to fight great guys like Faber and I'm not looking to play hardball I wouldn't want to fight him for the pay that he was getting now maybe it turned into a contract renegotiation maybe it's let's hold off and not take a fight right now hopefully it has been renegotiated we'll see what the salaries when they're disclosed because um, Michael McDonald is too like too good like in my opinion when he uh, Faber got 200,000 to fight him and his show purse was 17 grand yeah that's a bit mad like, do you know what I mean Torres uh, when he fought Miguel Torres he only got 8 and 8 Jesus he says the UFC took care of him as far as money was concerned for the Barrow fight but outside of that like if you fight your eye Faber and he gets 200,000 and you only get 17,000 like you can see where he's coming from yeah, but if we're talking about the one fight on the card, the UFC, like, what do you make of this? Joseph Duffy versus uh, Dustin, Dustin Poirier is headlining the Fight Pass prelim card because yeah. of the fact that it fell off Fight Pass when it got um, cancelled in Dublin. Yeah, you know uh, what look, I mean. Yeah, what do you make of that? It, it, I I can bit, see what the UFC I can are doing, it, like, but. Yeah. I can understand it, but, you know, it's a bit unnecessary. Like, nobody wants to, like, I don't know, they're, they're trying to make people get on Fight Pass to watch them. Like, if this wasn't on it, I wouldn't be watching. Like, I wouldn't, i tune in for the Michael McDonald fight, like, you know, half an hour before the main card starts. Or, and, like, on the night and go back and watch the rest of them afterwards or whatever. Like, putting Pori and Duffy in is, I think it's, like, they're acting like, oh, this is for our Fight Pass viewers, but it really isn't that. It's really just to get people onto Fight Pass, get people to fucking buy Fight Pass. So it's, you know, it's a backwards kind Look of... Look at it um, this way, though. Yeah. Genuinely, just to throw devil's advocate, the UFC, you know, we know how in demand UFC Dublin was. Yeah. In theory, how many Irish people did buy Fight Pass subscriptions to watch it? I would be interested in uh, wanting to find that out. I'm not saying it's loads. I'm not saying it's a lot, because it, was, it would have been available on... Uh, was it live on three this time around as well? Yeah, I think so. But then I don't know. Yeah, I can't even remember. Like, if they really wanted to give back to the fans, why don't they put on UFC like I'm for free? Yeah, I can no. see that. I, to be honest, though, this card like this card genuinely needs a like that's why Brandao is on the main card. This card needs a Paria versus Duffy. This card would not Paria versus Duffy would not look out of place where Gastelum Noak is. Definitely. Do you know what I mean? Third from the top. I can understand why they're doing it, but I think you might stagnate. Like, I don't want to say... Like, if Joseph Duffy beats Dustin Poirier and it's not on the pay-per-view broadcast, like, hopefully they'll show the fight on the pay-per-view broadcast as well. But this is a big... Like, look what Poirier did for McGregor. Do you know what I mean? If Duffy can beat Poirier as emphatically as maybe as that, or even more emphatically, who knows where it's going to push Joseph Duffy after that? Who knows what fight would be next for him? Yeah. The My McGregor boy, 155 fight may be a realistic possibility in 2016. Who knows? My boy, boy Parry is going to win that one. Boy oh, your boy Parry. You're picking <laughs> Dustin, are you? No, I'm picking Joseph Duffy. But I have to, I have to, I have stand to stick by, my by your loyal friends. My, my friends, yeah, my yeah. bestie. 
Fair play to you. Yeah. Um, right. Finally, Sean, questions this week. I'll pull yes. them up. This time I'm going to hit them at you. Yeah. Flipping things around as we get close to Christmas. That's it. Uh, we got a few uh, Christmas-based questions even, I believe. Yeah. So three tweets uh, liked. Ah, my ah, Skype Skype is throwing me all over the place here because it opens links in Firefox. I clicked it about four times there, being like, "How come this hasn't opened in Google Chrome?" But um, it's got a Twitter.com forward. No, no, I'm already on it. I'm just uh, I'm just scrolling down. We got a lot of questions this week. Yeah, there's like fifty. Um, first of all, have you called out Connor yet? Have I? You know, I was thinking about it. I think I'll wait. Uh, like Graham was on Graham was on the pay per view broadcast last day. Why didn't he call him out? Exactly. He should have. Here's one for you from uh, right. Shane Hickey, eleven. During McGregor's walkout, he was on his tippy toes and stared to the left. Any idea what that was? Yeah, someone mentioned that to me during the week, and I put up a video of it. I don't know. I, like I asked Graham, as I as I just mentioned there, he was on the broadcast and right alongside him, and he he didn't really know either. So was Graham on know, the um, actual broadcast on the walkout? Yeah. He was standing right behind Conor McGregor as he walked out and did his, you know, his smiley, happy face kind of thing. Yeah. Graham was right there, standing there. Um, I but, didn't um, realise that. Yeah, he was. I actually didn't realise it at first either. I've I watched the fight every day since it so happened. So now everybody knows who Graham is. Graham is, yeah. Oh, <laughs> he's going to be oh, sick. No. The worst thing is I told everyone. They probably didn't know there he was. There you now go. Everyone will go on to Severe the Severe MMA has a face, everybody. It does, yeah, Graham. Um, but um, I, it was probably it might have been Aldo. Like, don't they do that? They kind of one guy stands on one side of the hall, and the other guy stands at the other. So it could have been Aldo. Um, we had a question asking, "Do either of us drink?" From Brian Karen six six six. Do you usually drink while the fights, since there are on late night? And I think he was kind of taking the piss out of me, saying Andrew McGahan doesn't drink; his body's a temple, and his jiu-jitsu skills would be below expectation if he did. <laughs> but yeah, I genuinely don't drink. So um, and it's not for any reason of sport, or I just I choose not to drink. So, um, uh, I Sean like, enjoys a cold beverage. He's not no, he's not front row Brian by any means, but no. I don't drink during the fights. Really, I have maybe three times ever, maybe, but um, I usually have an article to do or something. But I uh, lately I haven't been. I don't do the post fight articles anymore, so I could if I wanted. But I like I watch most of them myself, and I just like lying in bed watching them. So like, it's like why why would I be drinking a exactly. bottle of water and a packet of uh, Maltesers? Is usually what I have. Um, from nos underscore sy, uh, we've spoke about your. Uh, what do we think McGregor would match up with Desantos? Do you think Junior Desantos should consider retirement? I think it kind of links in with the what's we got a, qu- a few questions about what's next for Mendez. I think both guys are in tough spots. They need to take time off, heal up, see what happens uh, in the division, and then the next fight will kind of present themselves for themselves. Yeah, I think Junior DeSantis could do with taking a couple of easier fights, maybe, you know, a Ryan Elson, uh, you know, that kind of level to, to build himself up again. But and I, wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing him retire, to be honest, but I don't think he will. He, he's, you know, he could come again. He could come again. Alan McKenna wants to know where do you buy Goose Grace? Anywhere, like Tesco, yeah, like everywhere. It's I'm gonna, I'll take Goose Grace goose shop. Grace. I think uh, I think they're doing the shop today or tomorrow. So when the Goose Grace comes in, I'll take a picture of it and I'll post it. There you go. And um, we spoke about the UFC uh, era. Two four seven spoke about the UFC introducing different weight classes. Move one seventy to one seventy five. Introduce one sixty five. Yeah, that that'd be okay. Like yeah, but I think there's no need. Right, like just put in the like, um, like welterweight division one sixty three. That that'll do finally. 
Um, powerful Daniel Bradley, DBE. We, we spoke about the three call-outs in one night from McGregor. Um, and what we, have, we have said what fights we want to see next ourselves, but with a win over Junior DeSantos, does Overeem get the winner of Verdum Kane, or is Arlovsky Majocic winner in front of him? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'd, I'd give it to Overeem, to be honest. I think Overeem is the money fight there. Like, no matter who wins, um, you know, he's fought for Verdum before and beat him. If Verdum wins, that's a good matchup you can you can put on. If it's Kane, that Kane Verdum fight has been kind of talked about for a long time. That was a fight we were all kind of expecting when uh, Overeem came in. So, but you have to feel sorry for Mayotte. Like Mayotte probably deserves that. He's, you know, it's it's a bit of a you know it's a bit of a Ryan Bader kind of case that he's not the going to be the biggest draw. He's not going to be the biggest name going into the fight. And but probably uh, is deserving of probably is deserving of. of there. Yeah. I, I'd give it to Overeem. Um. Best question that we've got this week so far. Brian McLaughlin, BMC Dublin. Why do sandwiches cut into triangles seem to taste nicer than sandwiches cut into squares? That, that is true. completely true. Like yeah. I have never thought of it like that before, but now that it's been put in front of me, I don't know how I never realised it before. Yeah, like it's the same with Coke who even, well, like, like who even eats square sandwiches anymore? Yeah, square sandwiches are primary school wrapped in cling film, squished into the bottom of your bag, jam sandwiches, and you're like Oh, not eating that. Um, uh, a can of Coke is way nicer than like a two-liter bottle of Coke. Yes, or a without a Coke. doubt. And if I anyone says different, thing. but there's different classes of Coke, Sean. And I is don't there? mean, I'm not making a class A joke here. Glass bottle of Coke <laughs> is the highest quality Coca-Cola. A glass that's, bottle of Coke true. followed true. by a can followed by a bottle. Yeah, I Genuinely, think, that is a thing. Like I, I don't know if I've made it up. As well. No, I think everyone would agree with that. And like an ice cold, ice cold glass bottle of Coke. I'm gonna buy six of them for Christmas. Do you I'm know what I've always? Lie. Do you know what I've always wondered as well? Do you know Capri Sun? Yes. Like, like I imagine a two liter bottle of Capri Sun. That'd be fucking lovely. I don't think it would be as nice. Are, yeah, are, are we talking about a Capri Sun or Capri Sun? As there are two different spellings. Do I know? don't know, are they, but are they the same thing? I think there's a different taste. The same way, like, there's, so? there's, like, okay, cans of Coke are delicious, but yeah. um, you can get a foreign can of Coke that isn't nice. Like, takeaways will regularly have um, cans of Coke that on the side will say Ladensk yeah. instead of uh, ingredients. And I don't know where that's from, but maybe it fell off a truck somewhere, but they're never as nice. Irish you know, cans of Coke are the nicest cans of Coke. I, I think like that 750ml bottle of Pepsi as well is nicer than a can of Pepsi, which no, is odd. can of Pepsi all the I'm way. I'm a big fan of can of Pepsi now. I like the bottle of Pepsi. No, I, I'm not. Uh, Daniel Bradley hit us with a few more. If Connor yeah. was told he could fight in Dublin next, but had to get through Rafael Desanos, or but to get to Rafael Desanos, he had to go through Diaz or Duffy. Who would you want? Diaz. Yeah, I'm sorry, oh, Joseph. And uh, not in a bad way. I just think that Diaz will sell that fight better. Um, definitely more interesting. Um, yeah. See that true or false question Daniel Bradley sent as well. Uh, the what? True like or false? A, yeah, he sent it like a picture. I'll read it out there. Okay, I see it. I see it there. Yeah. But did you see? I haven't seen it yet. Eddie Bravo Invitational. If you oh, watch yeah. it, who from MMA would you like to see compete on it? Uh, Dar O'Connell. From Ireland fought. He's not an MMA. He fought a UFC fighter on it and beat a oh, UFC yeah? fighter on it. And oh. the name is on the tip of my tongue and I can't. You read out the true or falses and I'll pull the name up. Was it Joe Soto no? No. No. Okay. Um, okay, true or false. Lewis Smolka gets a title shot in 2016. Very true. I'd say false. Why? I don't think he will. Okay. I think, I think he'll be. Neil Seary gets his first US televised fight in 2016. 
Uh, to me, it's actually shocking that Neil Seary's fight has never made a broadcast in America already, but in that sense, I can't see him not making his way over to America in 2016. Yeah, I... Especially I considering the fact he hasn't been announced on a London card, who the UFC just seems to be content with filling up with British fighters. I know two more guys were added onto it today. Yeah. I don't think he'd probably be on a US TV show like the, and it's not just Neil Seary it's the fucking flyweight division do you not think Neil Seary on Fox would be a bit of a draw nah I don't think it happens to be honest nothing against Neil Seary like even though he's a terrible Liverpool fan but I don't think it happens and a terrible um, human being terrible just awful person altogether uh, Paul Redmond becomes UFC or, um, um, becomes a champion in Europe in 2016 uh, false and not on a side of his abilities but I'd yeah. say Paul Redmond would rather is rather on this on the spectrum that he's going to win fights in the sense to get re-signed by the UFC not yeah. to become a Cage Warriors champion even though it's coming back or a Bama uh, champion yeah. I think it could happen but I'd like to see Cage Warriors actually come back first you know like if he he could get a Cage Warriors title fight his first fight like, so yeah yeah so that could happen. In, in theory yes but I don't see yeah. it being his end like he's yeah. looking to get back to the big show I'll say true to that one uh, Sage Narcot loses in 2016 true false Oh, you're yeah. drinking the Kool Aid, Sean. I it's mine. Go you on, I'm drinking the Kool Aid. Um, maybe we should just let Daniel Bradley come on to the uh, come on to the podcast for the questions. Yeah. I agree with him. Herb Dean does get too much credit. Mark Goddard doesn't get enough. We spoke about it last week. I think Mark Goddard is a good referee, but has his has his issues. I, I like Mark Goddard. I think he's one of the best in the world. Um, Jack. Uh, Durgis, I always say this wrong. Durgis, I think. Durgis, Mr. Jack Durgis, Ruth through for Connor Diaz, which is money and showing himself at one fifty-five. Dosanios automatic title shot. Frankie Chad for the haters or all of the above in two thousand and sixteen. Is Connor going to have an active and more active two thousand and sixteen than two thousand and fifteen? I think it'll be Frankie Dosanios and Pettis. I can't wait to see Conor McGregor fight Anthony Pettis. I think it's going to be one of the most exciting fights out there. Um, And he also had a good follow-up question with all of the chat about Conor being a two-way champion. What other champions stand a chance of beating the weight class above? (laughs) Chris Weidman, I'm coming for you, John Jones. (laughs) John Jones with the best reply to that ever. He's like, yeah, of course he should. Do you know what I mean? And then watch what happened Chris Weidman against Luke Rockhold. Absolute annihilation. I think there's only two, really. Demetrius uh, um, Johnson yeah. and uh, John Jones. Well, John Jones is not the champion, but he, Daniel Carmi as well. Like, mm. I think the light heavyweight champion could go up and win the heavyweight belt. Um, we had a question from Rick Deckard, although I don't really uh, understand it. He said, following last week's, last week's smuggery from Rockhold, what's worse, losing and talking about injury or winning and doing the same? Losing and talking about yeah, injury. Yeah, exactly. Like, wh- like, if you want to fight injured, why wouldn't you tell everyone? There's yeah, exactly. nothing smug about that. It shows you're the merit of, uh, like, you've got the metal and the mantle of a true champion. Like, Lou Rockhold should not have fought Chris Weidman. If the stuff that he said was wrong with him was wrong with him, not a hope should he have fought well, Chris Weidman. What did he say? I didn't he hear. had staph infection. Oh, like, his body was uh, Luke, crippled. Oh, yeah, like, sorry, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Luke Rockhold fought him with Yeah, okay, yeah, sorry. Um... We spoke about Overeem testing free agency. Um, question from Dan's Nobly. I know Connor said he's here for the money. Should he take the legacy fight, i.e., one fifty-five belt, and not the money, which would be the Nate fight? I think it's not really up to Con- like just. I'll 
I will talk on this while you expand on it so I can just get a few more questions lined up before we finish. But I do think that, like, this is going to be a real battle between Conor and the UFC over whether he is allowed to dual-wield belts and go up and challenge for the 155 belt. Um... I, I don't know. It, like, it's difficult to know. It's like predicting the future, really. You might as well fucking, you know, you, you could be spinning wheels or anything. But I, I think he fights Frankie Edgar next. I don't think this Nate Diaz fight is a goer altogether. Like, Nate Diaz said that Joe Silva said it's happening, but yeah, I don't think it is, really. Like, I, I'd be very surprised. <sighs> like, it depends on whether McGregor can make 145 again. And that is, that. it's a problem. Like, like we said, I said it about Cyborg, that she was, you know, that she couldn't get down to 135 and McGregor's got down there but can he continue to get down there like as he gets older and as he gets stronger as well and like he might uh, yeah what about what about McGregor meeting the edge yeah I saw that yeah Jeez, it was a beautiful day wasn't it oh <laughs> um, M McLean brilliant friend of the podcast is asking is Cowboy a dying breed of athlete having six packs of beer during camp and thinking it's okay and also have we got any New Year's resolutions Um, on the Cowboy thing I don't think he's a dying breed of athlete I think he's a one of a kind athlete I don't think there's too many other UFC fighters uh, drinking beer week of the fights like I I heard a great thing during the week that Cerrone does all of that mad shit week of the fight to keep his mind off the fact that he actually has to fight because he's so nervous yeah yeah, he does definitely. Um, New Year's resolutions be better this time next year than you are now. Is that, that all? Be New Year's resolutions. Yeah. My New Year's resolution is to win the European Championships in 2016. Nice. So there you go, and also to actually start eating properly and do strength and conditioning. But that would probably not happen. Yeah. Because uh, food is delicious. Um, is. What is Ono Leary? 87, any chance you can give us an official tally of fighters that have called McGregor out since Saturday? Only three, but in general, I think that would be a fun one to look at. Max Holloway as well a bit. I'd call that four, kind of. He said, he said like, I don't get down on my knees to call someone out. Tags at Notorious MMA. Huh. So that, I, that's a call out. Uh, talk shit about him on submission radio as well. Fair play to Graham Vard for having a pretty cool, like he has a username on Twitter that other people probably want, at Via or D. Do you think Connor may actually suffer from short fights similar to lacking match fitness, fitness and would a war cause him problems? Absolutely not. If you believe what's true, Connor McGregor spars, does more rounds in the gym than anyone else, trains like a maniac. Maybe fight real fight simulation would be different and cause problems, but I don't yeah. foresee any. Do I you? think it's I think it's worth questioning, like possibly. I don't think so personally, but you never you don't know until they get in there. Like he's never gone past the second round, so um, maybe or the third round. Sorry, Steve or uh, Patrick Sheehan. With all these McGregor callouts, project his next five fights. I know you projected his next three. Yeah, but if you were gonna say two, more, let's say Conor McGregor fights five more times in his UFC career. Who are the fights that he fights, that he has okay. to fight? Frankie, uh, RDA, Pettis. And I think he'll stay at 155 then, so Habib. And then... Habib again when he loses. Yeah, Habib again when he loses. <laughs> that's a Sean Sheehan answer. That, I don't think actually, he loses, though. That, that's true. I think Habib will beat him. Um, Steve underscore expat has just given me the most exciting idea of a fight ever. He wants Nate Diaz versus Gunnar Nelson. Who wins? I want Nick Diaz versus Gunnar Nelson. Uh, Nick Diaz? Oh, I'd watch that. Uh, I've actually been... um, I've been doing my 20 ball predictions... 
for 2015 oh, this morning. Oh, wait a minute. Where yeah. is last last year's article? Oh, yeah. Will I get it for you? Get Hold it on. up there before we go, very quickly. Um, or no, I know what we'll do. We'll do it on the first episode of 2015 because okay, yeah. something could still happen between now and New Year's Eve. Yeah. Just, I mean, we can discuss my ones as well. You know, the, the exactly. next one. Uh, two or three things before I let you go, Sean. I've always wanted to use that line on you. Uh, mm-hmm. Rosser says, will we see James Gallagher in the UFC next year? Absolutely no. not. Stupid question. <laughs> no, not a stupid question. But I recall James Gallagher telling me at Cage Warriors that by this time next year he would be the Cage Warriors champion. And that time next year he was still an amateur. So uh, I don't think we're going to see him in the UFC. I think genuinely at any SBG fighter that could have a fast track to the UFC in terms of going from amateur to pro, it's Dylan Took. Yeah, and I, I think he's the best of them. Like Dylan Took and Franz Malambo, I think they do not. Like James gets the credit because of his whole story and how he lives with John and stuff like that. But Franz and Dylan are the two, like genuinely, the two guys to watch out of that gym. I think the two of them will be in the UFC. I'm not going to say quicker than James, but I think they will have a more emphatic emphatic career to get to the UFC, if that makes sense. Yeah. Who do you think is the next Irish man in the UFC? Peter Queeley. I agree. Carl yeah. Moore. I think Peter Queeley. I put that in my predictions for 2015. I think he'll be in it in 2015. I'm a big fan of Peter Queeley. I think he's... I think he has the athleticism and I think he's adding in the quality, you know, as... as uh, Peter as Queeley has bottled fights in the past and you can see him, uh, not bottled, but um, lost fights that he shouldn't have lost and now you yeah. see him real. And the fact that, I think the cut to 155 was killing him. He looks, he's light at 170, but he's healthy and he's, I think he has a Brian Moore about him. He has bogger strength. He has country <laughs> man strength. Like he, Where's he from? Uh, he's not from Dublin anyway Is he not? I thought no, he was I I d- know. Well maybe he is But uh, I don't no, know I have no idea Like I just assumed cause I have a like- feeling he's Wexford Oh is he? Yeah uh, Sure I like him more now Why? Because he's not from Dublin He is He lives in Dublin He's from Dungarvan Oh Waterford oh, no, I Waterford don't know. Oh, I take it back <laughs> <laughs> Sorry Peter <laughs> Sorry uh, Peter Best yeah. friend of the podcast AKJ Dublin Underscore Dublin Allen says, no questions, just a thank you uh, to both of you for putting out a fun and reasonably knowledgeable show this year. I can guarantee 2016 will make you take out the question mark, the exclamation marks around reasonably knowledgeable show. But uh, thank you. And um, the man who's been hounding me all week on Twitter, Big Dick Bandit, calling (laughs) calling me a beta male. Oh, for whatever reason don't know where he got that from uh, how do these professional fighters still get rattled by trash talk Klitschko Michael Johnson what do you think it's actually like it is a good point like but you, you can't you know it's hard to change their mentality that's the hardest thing and that's what as I said uh, I mentioned earlier that's what the winners have that's what the you know the 1% have. that's what John Jones remember John Jones broke his, hand, broke his arm against Vitor Belfort still came back and won the fight Anderson Silva with a broken rib got dominated by Jelson and won the fight Conor McGregor comes in on one leg gets taken down a couple of times Chad Mendes still wins the fight like that's what beautiful that's That's bulletproof mentality yeah that's unbelievable and not every like that's the exception that is the ultra exception not everyone has it and some people you know some people falter you know there's the 1% and then there is the like the the 50% maybe or even maybe like to 10% who are like mentally strong enough to get to it and then there's everyone else you know and I think Donald Cerrone is not in that top 11 or 12% to be honest he's a great fighter very good but 
he just doesn't have it mentally to uh, to get to the next level. Um, and then finally, to finish it off, uh, or one, can we expect more hangouts in 2016? Yes, is uh, the answer. Peter McDermott asked any Irish guys called up to the UFC in 2016. Hashtag friend of the podcast. We answered that. We both think Peter Queeley will get there. And to finish off the show, why are so many fighters Bible bashers in the octagon compared to other sports? Eamon McLean. Do you know why? Why? Jesus because you can't make fun knockouts. of the Quran or we're all fucked, Sean. That's why. Jesus loves knockouts. That's why. Also, Jesus is very fond of knockouts. He loves them. Um, Jesus loves split decisions as well. Does he? Yeah. Since when? And finally, this actually came in while I was reading them out. Rank Christmas desserts in order of most rotten from Jack Durgis again. Christmas yeah. pudding, Christmas cake, mince pies, and Stalin. What's Stalin? I have no idea. Let me Google that. Spell it S-T-O-L-L-E-N? Yeah. I have never heard of it in my life. Me neither. Maybe it's an English thing. I think he's English. Oh, that looks nice. Oh, that's just um, corn cake. Oh. Well, I've, I've had I've, none of them, so... I've had a bit of corn cake there the other day. It was lovely. Was it actually? So I'll go, yeah. It was beautiful. Um, I'll go with mince pies, the most rotten... Um, Christmas cake to me just looks like an artificial toy It doesn't look like an actual cake Because of the icing on it I yeah, hate that sort of icing on cake I don't like cake I don't like birthday cake I don't like any cake I'm not a cake fan You'd like a bit of lemon uh, drizzle cake I'd eat a bit of that Yeah maybe Okay worse uh, Mince pies Then Christmas cake Then Christmas pudding And then Stalin There you go And because you actually like Stalin Yeah so there we go. Um, so that wraps it up. The longest podcast to date, or maybe not the longest, but an hour and 40 minutes. Um, a very, 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 very heartfelt thank you from uh, myself and Sean for your listenership throughout the year. Hopefully everybody listening has a completely safe Christmas. They enjoy their Christmas, more importantly. If you're going out, don't be a dickhead and drink and drive. Uh Dickhead's gonna dickhead. Do you see the dickhead's gonna the dickhead? Yeah, we need a T-shirt for that. Uh, but that is the, that is the one thing uh, more than anything. Obviously, accidents and stuff like that happen throughout the year. But at Christmas time, we don't want to hear anything like that. We don't want to hear a podcast listener uh, did anything stupid over Christmas. So please, 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 um, stay safe over the Christmas period. We hopefully will hear you. We'll have you back in 2016 in the new year. You'll definitely hear us back uh, early January for a podcast. You may even hear us before then. Um, if you want to get in touch with us before then, please do. Wish us happy Christmas, etc. Ask us what we got for Christmas on the big day itself. At Andrew McGatton underscore at Sean Sheehan BA at Severe MMA Pod and at Pizzy Carroll just for the laugh because he's sound. Exactly. Anything else, Sean? What are you looking forward to for the next few days? Obviously, I'm working flat out, but I will be watching the Muppets Christmas Carol between now and Christmas. I watched... Um, oh. Jingle all the way yesterday with my niece, Arnold Schwarzenegger, going getting the Turbo Man doll. Do you remember that one? Nope. Uh, <laughs> I've probably have seen it. it before your time, I think. It was, I used to watch that when I was like five or six, maybe. So, yeah. Toy Story will be a Brilliant. must-watch throughout Christmas, as will all of the Harry Potters at some stage. But for me, a Muppets Christmas Carol, nothing beats it. I once got a Muppets Christmas Carol on DVD for my sister for Christmas. My mom knew exactly what I was at, sent me back uptown to get her a proper present, and then I went home and watched a Muppets Christmas Carol myself. Yeah. I, uh, You're I'll, not a fan of the Muppets? I'll, no, not really. You have no soul. I know. I'd be, I'd be an elf man now with a Will Ferrell. Mm. I've seen it once or twice. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen it many times. Anyway, have you got us an inspirational... Qu- I do. It better be uh, holiday-themed. 
It's not really. I couldn't, what? I couldn't find a, I couldn't find a great holiday team on. Christmas motivational quote. It must it, be it's, easy. It's a New Year kind of quote. It's a New Year's resolution quote. Okay. So is it going to sound like the lyrics to Nina Simone's Feeling Good? The moment I wake up. It's, well, uh, no, uh, that's uh, not that song. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. And I'm feeling good. Da, 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 the Muse version. <laughs> Fucking symbols just going in the background like that. Sun in the sky. Okay. Merry Christmas, everyone, anyway. Thanks for tuning in all year before we go. And uh, here's the inspirational quote Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. See you next year.